All right, so with that high and low level, the high level, and Brian. Today I'm joined by Ryan. Hello. Chewy's finally back. Hi. Uh, we have Danielle Dutton. Hello. Sam Garrison. Hello. And for the first time ever, Ben Cam. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, so we're going to get started with a quick where have you been doing. I will go first. Uh, I've been playing Sunset Overdrive, and I've been playing the shit out of it. It's an Xbox One exclusive, and I was pretty convinced it was going to suck, and it doesn't. It's if you've ever enjoyed um, Saints Row or Infamous, if they had a baby, this is it. And that's it for me. I started watching the new mid-season premiere of uh, Last Man on Earth. Mm. It's great. It was a one. It was it was really cool. It was a Jason Sudeikis focused episode. I loved and, it. And yeah, it was wonderful. I was so excited. So that was really cool. I'm really stoked to see where this season goes. And I thought Jacob Tremblay was an excellent tiny Phil. Yeah, I. I it was a great episode. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. I've been watching uh, Love, the original Netflix series. I don't think I've talked about this yet on the show. You uh, haven't. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I finally started watching it. I'm, I'm really digging it so far. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't finished it yet. Most people start it and finish it in like two days. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. Okay. Then I had work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes. Okay, next. Uh, I've been watching House of Cards on Netflix. The new season just came out not too long ago, and it's so good. I've heard that it, it's really good. I heard it's like it redeems the horrible season three. Oh, season three. Yeah, it was so bad, but yeah. they've, they've kicked it right off and gotten right back into the action, and of course, there's actual subterfuge going on all the time now. Cool. And uh, as far as other things, I've also been playing a lot of Android Netrunner, which is a LCG by Fantasy Flight Games. Oh, nice. Uh, so there's a bunch of events coming up for that, too, so I've been practicing for that. Cool. Uh, I've been working for the past nine days straight and so i haven't consumed too much media uh, i did watch the most recent two episodes of legends of tomorrow oh and uh, i really enjoyed uh the episode with oliver in it and how they made him look i'm not current oh, so i'm I about to take one. off my headphones oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have to but i i, I will talk about one. the details but just they did the, a very good homage to uh, uh, some comic books. Yeah, very good. And he just has the, the way uh, they, right? yeah. he has got the right facial hair oh. and everything, and it's just like the aging on him was a little, a little off. But right, the facial hair and everything was the best part. I don't know why. I just really, I mean, you loved it too. I, the I loved representation. It too. I've been waiting the whole yeah. Uh, since Arrow started to see him with like the classic Green Arrow goatee, he looked great to look like Oliver Queen. He finally. looked almost yeah. exactly I, like he does in the comic book. Oh, he did. It's a. It's probably fake, but it's a real yeah, shame was, he doesn't have that going. Was it CG? Yeah. Was it CG hair? No, no it was not CG hair. <laughs> uh, but there was just a lot of fun uh, little things in that episode, like with Dingle's son and stuff, yep. and it's just great. If you haven't been watching Legends of Tomorrow, yes, it looks hokey and everything, but. It is, it's still really it's good, fun. and with the hokiness, it just it's so much fun. It's Saturday morning cartoons. Cheese makes for the best media, just like it makes the best food. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I am, I think, three episodes into Vikings. Um, I've never watched a History Channel. Yes, yeah, History before. Channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty awesome and exactly what I expected. So I, I'm very <laughs> pleased with it. I've heard it's really good, but I never, for some reason, just never watched it. Yeah, I, I didn't quite trust History Channel to do a good job with a show like <laughs> That's that. That's why yeah. we never Especially started. Like, I feel yeah. like Game of Thrones sets the bar really, really high for those kind of types of shows. But yeah, it definitely holds its own and I'm excited to continue watching it. Yeah, that was like the History Channel's comeback to Game of Thrones, wasn't mm-hmm. it? We have Vikings <laughs> on it's the not, History Channel. It's not real history anymore, but they it, did it, exist. It's better than Pawn Stars. They play history but as much as MTV plays than, music. Yeah. But is it better Stars than Ancient on, Aliens, you yeah. guys? I thought Pawn Stars was anything? on Discovery. No. no. It was on History? <laughs> no, it doesn't have that much class uh. to be on Discovery. 
Real quick before we start, Ben, do you want to plug your uh, YouTube channel? You mentioned Netrunner, but you didn't talk about the video series you do. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel under T3 Productions. I cast and record and do graphics for uh, live, or not live games, but for games in Netrunner and put it out for the community. And super fun. It's really, fun. check it out. Awesome. And then, Sam, you have your own podcast now, right? Oh, I do, yeah. The oh, first awesome. episode came out. Well, not by the time you hear this today, but <laughs> I am now doing Superhero Sampler with former After the Hype guest Elliot Campos. We talk about superhero shows, and it's great. And I also have a regular column at Film Takeout if you want to hear about chick what? flicks. Awesome. What's it They're called? Good. Oh, it's called Fear the Chick Flick. There it is. It is most excellent. <laughs> it is. Uh, I also have a uh, I also have a podcast myself, uh, Cerebral Static, which is a competitive uh, podcast, just where we evaluate meta. It's myself and Darren Escandari, who's another big uh, big geek guy uh, in both Netrunner, and he also writes for RPGs and play tests a lot of uh, games as well. Awesome. So yeah, we get into it a little bit more in that. But all right, so we're gonna get started on today's episode. Today we are doing uh, last October. This is when this thing came out, right? Yeah, October sixteenth. What some would argue, both for and against, as either the best or worst movie of last year, which is kind of fun because I like seeing the comparison here. Uh, Crimson Peak, uh, Guillermo del Toro's movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Uh, so it cost uh, fifty-five million, and it uh, full-blown flopped in the American box office, oh. made thirty-one million, Ooh. which is a outright shame. And yep. then it ended up making seventy-four worldwide, so at least it made its money back. But you can see why things kind of shook up in the Del-, Del Toro world as far as making the next movie. Um, it also got censored in China. The shit's hardcore. Oh, of course it did. <laughs> oh, no. China. Ghosts and shit always get censored in China. Uh, so we're going to move into the review for today. And uh, as if you cannot tell from our introduction, our co-host John Hardesty is not able to be here today. But he was able to write us a review. So we're going to go with that really quick. Uh... Here we go. In honor of such a lavish and well-produced film, I'm going to give a short bullet point style review. Point one, beautiful set design and art direction. Like damn girl. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's most definitely the guy from Pacific Rim. And so is that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Love the oozing walls and sinking building. It's nice to watch Tom Hiddleston in a film. We should see more of that. Jessica Chastain is hardcore. She was way scarier than any of the apparitions. This thing is more gothic than horror, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Is this Guillermo del Toro's version of Cruel Intentions? <laughs> Wish I hadn't predicted all of the plot turns in the first 30 minutes. Ultimately, I liked this. I liked more of the movie than I disliked it. And then ending is, this movie needs to be on a big screen with a great sound system which is really the biggest one out of all this that I agree with. Because having seen it in the IMAX theater when it first came out compared to my home theater, uh, there's something a little bit lost in there, but we can talk about that. When when you turn the movie off and start fidgeting with our speakers. Yeah. (laughs) When I realized that it was only coming out in stereo, I'm like, no, I can't stand for this. We're flipping this over to 7.1. Wow. It's hardcore. Yeah. It was important to me. Uh, Okay. So for the breakdown today, uh, we are going to have Sam. Oh, Cool. You ready to go? Yes. Okay. 
And go. Okay, a writer named Edith falls for a guy named Thomas. He takes her away to England after his sister murders her father. And he, they get married, and she lives in a decrepit house where the walls ooze and the house breathes. His sister is crazy because it turns out that they've been boning this whole time. So she's super jealous of Edith, who is the first non-sister person to bone Tom Hiddleston, even though he's had like a million wives before this because he's been killing all of them to get their money. Um, so he tries to kill Edith, and she stops him, and the dog helps, and that's the end. Okay. <laughs> and don't forget there are ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's not gonna be the ghosts are not the point. I know they said that. So they made that times. very clear. Uh, okay, so now that we're done with that, uh, I honestly think the best place to start with this movie is going to be where the general audience started with this movie, which is the marketing. Which I know is a very strange place to start, but I think it's important because it, I think, destroyed the entire movie. Yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, it, it's it was so horribly done. But I'll let you take it away. Uh, it was it. From what I remember, it was marketed as such, like, this big horror movie. Like, it was going to just absolutely, like, supposed to be, like, the next um, one of those found footage horror movies or something like that. But it went completely differently from when you expect right off the bat. Like, it's way narrative. It's beautiful is really Mm -hmm. what really surprised me. But I don't, I feel like it was more focused on, like, a psychological or tried to take that aspect. More like a Shutter Island or something like that. Mm -hmm. Instead of going with, like, a traditional or, I guess, traditional horror approach. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I made the comment to Chewy when we were watching it today. Uh, much like The Martian is a comedy, this is a horror film. Like, it's just yes. not the same thing. Like, yes, you could call it a horror film because it uses, like, the horror framing device to tell a drama story. Mm-hmm. But, like, The Martian's not a comedy and it won Best Comedy, but it still, it used, it was a serious movie with some funny bits. This is a serious movie with some horror bits, but it's by no means a horror film. No, it's a it's a romance. That's it was yeah. so misleading because it's mm-hmm. definitely a movie whose target audience should have been adult women. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it was marketed like a horror film to teenagers. What nudity did it have? Tom Hiddleston's butt. Oh. <laughs> it was a good butt. <laughs> See, yeah. I mean, I actually complained about the excessive amount of clothing during that sex scene to Brian. I'm like, it was kind of like oh God, it was kind of fetishy turtles? hot though. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would be in that situation. <laughs> I mean, it was really just more so like they wanted a bone now. Yeah. Like taking all that stuff off would have taken time. That's whereas true. they could just move well, shit to the side and make it happen. And then they did. Well, it was like three months into the relationship before that yeah. ever happened, too. And they were married before that, too, right? Well, I mean, he was supposed <laughs> yeah. to kill her. So they weren't supposed to ever bang, but he right. just kept not killing her. Whoops, like, there well, was a storm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like this one. <laughs> I can understand why they did the marketing the way they did a little bit, just because trying to market a gothic romance to a mass audience, you can just see the eye rolls on like most parents' faces going, oh, the like... Um, Hot Topic crowd's totally going to go. And it's just like, no, it's not that sort of thing. It's not just a hip, put-on-mascara movie. It's a gothic, like a true gothic romance, and that's actually quite a niche genre that is hard to market to just general people. Maybe yeah. they got it right then by marketing as a horror movie. Yeah, it's just... It well, just, I mean, I would agree if they made money off of it, but yeah. by the, the first... I mean, it's really like their opening weekend was, you could guess, probably like between like 15 million, 10 and 15, and if that audience had been like, it's great, you need to see it. It's not a horror film, but it's still great. But the audience that went wanted to see a horror film, and they just went, well, I was never scared. It's yeah, the same problem that Drive had, where they advertised that movie as like mm-hmm. this big like race cars film. It's not and Fast then, and the Furious. Yeah, and then people just came out angry, like, oh, that's not what I wanted. Like, yeah, what? and I, 
it's it's a big studio not knowing what to do if they feel that half of their target audience that men aren't going to see a gothic romance slash gothic horror movie yeah and it's i mean and it's that it's that risk number now like back in the 90s it was 20 million like the 20 million dollar movie was that one that's like i don't know if we should do it or not because you spend enough to where it's going to hurt your budget and you might not see the return now that number is 50 and this one's 55 it is like that example of do we take a risk or not? And they did, and it, it totally failed. Mm-hmm. I think, too, the closest big studio comparison they had was Sleepy Hollow, which <sighs> was yeah. a little bit more horror, but yeah. it's still a gothic romance totally. in its heart. <laughs> and it had a little bit more action to it, which yes. that one got a lot more butts and seats. And bigger when, stars. When really this was probably closer to Carrie Fukunaga's Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the other thing that we keep kind of mentioning throughout all of this, which is just the general look of the movie, which I think is probably what keeps most people interested in it yeah even if you're not into the story you're into that how was this not nominated for oscars for set design and costume yeah i was ranting and raving about it so much i can't even those are fucking gorgeous like there's parts of it when you know you like something so much you just want to burn it like i just i'm watching them wear these i'm like i'm so frustrated that i don't have that i just want to rip it off you it's like when you see a puppy and you just want to like bite it yeah it's just that good (laughs) You guys are so violent with the things you love. <laughs> Cute rage is a real thing. Look it in, up. It is. In particular, the blue and black with the leaves on her chest dress uh, for the sister. I don't remember her name in the movie, but that was just Jessica so Chastain. Jessica's right. Chastain. So stunningly beautiful. And the way they just tailored the dresses to her character. Even the first time we see her, we don't see her face but we see her in a red dress that specifically has mm. weaving going down her spine, mm-hmm. which makes her look evil. That's her first glimpse into her character. The best part is that that evil, it, it's hearts. That ridge is made oh, of it hearts. hearts. Yeah, it's heart it's cutouts, so but she still amazing. is so sinister. And you yeah. see where yeah. like, because it's just the worst part of love, which is what her... Oh, All of her yeah. craziness is, dri- <laughs> is driven by her love. And yeah. it's so like it's sinister so in its purity. And even that, like, even starting from that idea and that dress, that red, that that color was such a symbol throughout the movie, and it moved from item to item. And before, like, that was one of the things that I thought was really stunning was the color palette and the way that the color was used, especially in the backdrop and in the actual architecture of the buildings themselves. But the they created moods and feelings just with, like, simple little things. Mm-hmm. So even, like, even though you might see an object for, like, two frames or a little bit or they'll cut away or whatever, it, like, brings back what this was in the beginning and, like, leads to it. It's, it's even more like, uh, I guess, kind of like Spielberg would do that right like he would drop all these little bits and pieces into movies and then even though they don't make might might not make a lot of sense at the time like at the end of the movie you see him out and you see these themes through and it's part of the whole aesthetic to the film yeah my only complaint with that is the use of the color red in the movie because i I get like the whole idea if you watch behind the scenes and stuff he's like the some of the ghosts are red if their body was thrown in like the clay pits in the bottom after they're dead Mm -hmm. now they're a red ghost so it's the red was supposed to be super important so it's either supposed to be blood clay or ghost and then every now and then they let that go like the beginning when you first see jessica chastain in the red dress it's like i really wish they just kind of stuck to if it's red it has something to do with the clay or death and then i mean i guess it could because she did of death which is true and i guess it kind of helps that kind of weave but that one feels more like a like an oversight of just well we want her in a red dress and it works but it, that one just didn't feel like I it think tied in as much red is foundational okay in the movie it's the shaky foundation 
um, the mm-hmm. clay is a bad foundation for the house. Mm-hmm. Her love is a bad foundation for their relationship. It's a horrible one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the clay pits that, I mean, and everything sinks, which is why some of the ghosts were red. They got sucked up into the foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that it more than, I mean, obviously it points directly to the clay or the blood, but more than that, it's a bad foundation. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, cool. that's how I took it. It's no, like that makes sense. The, I wish I'd said that in the behind yeah. the scenes thing, because that yeah. makes more sense than what he said of just red important. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> the foundation, and then what's really cool is to juxtapose that um, are the butterfly, is the butterfly motif running through. The mm-hmm. butterfly versus moth, mm-hmm. yep. and how Edith is allegedly a delicate butterfly, but you see her in very, as her wings get bigger, and in that final scene when they're both running around with those big billowy clothes fighting one another, you see how she kind of overpowers her. Yeah, I still don't know how they didn't trip in that. Like, I want to know how many like outtakes oh, are of Jessica Chastain just down flying the down the steps. Just, yeah. I got her, I got her, I got her. Ah! <laughs> Thank yeah. God these knives aren't real. I love too. Even the little dog. It's a papillon because it has the butterfly ears. Yeah. No, I hate that dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, so did Jessica Chastain. Yeah. She I, killed I, it. I just love the, the beginning of just like when it shows up. Oh, why isn't that thing dead? I know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was like, oh, that thing is totally the first thing that's gonna die. <laughs> oh god! And then when like the the whole like mystery mystery finally comes down, Jessica's just like, oh, I'm gonna go choke that dog. Yeah. <laughs> She's so happy to kill it. It's out of the bag. Kill the dog. <laughs> Okay, let's. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about the look of this thing? We've talked set, costumes, color. How about the the special effects? I'll be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of. I, I I'm always taken out by digital ghosts. Like these weren't digital. They really? were really? combinations. No, those were all real. Well, they were combinations. The, the the ghosts. Uh, the ghosts. Everything that you see, like framing wise, so the ribs, faces, all that sort of stuff, right. was real on set. Right. Okay. And then they just did uh, special effects around wow. it to make it look a little bit more billowy and fake. Oh no way! Like the, the, it was the blood. Yeah. Red it was. Stuff. That's the yeah. guy that I was telling you about that was in all of his yeah. movies. It's also the guy. There's a, a Spanish actor though, the one that was the mama, <laughs> the mom and mama. Uh, it's a different. It's different than Doug Jones. I was just in the special features they showed Doug yeah, Jones. I mean, well, yeah, but, but I don't think it was just always, the one guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, I agree. Like the they the look digital, too they look too um, smooth to me. Anyway, see, they didn't to me. I I liked the mix. maybe it was a theater thing. It could be, yeah, because the the mix of it for me, like I, I, that's my favorite thing about the Toro, and, and probably will be forever. Is I love right. that he is a guy who knows that you need both practical and special to yeah, make it work. I usually you know? do too. Um, but then what didn't work for you in this one? They just didn't I look... don't know. They just didn't look real to me. They didn't look scary. They didn't look uh, like threatening to her in any way. And it was also they the way that it was... Thre- they weren't threatening to her No, at I know. All. So they didn't really... Um, I wish they would have made it seem that way in the beginning. Because it was clear that... Maybe it's just that I knew what the movie was about, that I knew going in that it's like, oh, the, these are helpful ghosts and they're going to get her to solve the mystery. Whereas I wanted the ghost to be the threat in the beginning of the film. Just like... I mean, Del Toro re- tried really, really hard to make The Shining with this, honestly. Yeah. And uh, I, I think in that movie, you were way more afraid of the ghosts and the spirits in the house. Than what? I would actually say I was more afraid of the the two... The, like Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston? Yeah, those yeah. two. Right, right. That's I was, what I'm saying. I was more afraid of the spirits in The Shining for the first half of the movie oh. than Jack Nicholson. Oh, so you're kind of saying like you I wish see. it was more of like a rug pull of like the enemies yeah. of the people, not the ghosts. Yeah. See that like for me, I don't. Maybe it is because I knew I could kind of figure it out just by the very little bit of the trailers I'd seen who the actual villain was going to be. That I kind of went expecting that, so I was never really afraid of the ghost. But it doesn't really bother me either. Like I'm kind of okay with it. But they tried to make them scary. So either make them like more helpful, like um, what was that movie with um, Nicole Kidman? 
the others, oh, the others where the ghosts like had jump scares but they weren't like really horrifying looking ghosts like in this movie and that's totally a, uh, a del toro thing like he makes horrific looking things that aren't supposed to horrify almost i think it's also a very non-american conception of ghosts because uh-huh. we either view them as scary or casper uh-huh. but and i don't know a lot about like Mexican ghosts, I guess, but I know a lot about like <laughs> whatever you know, a Mexican whatever, ghost. Is. Well, I don't know if that's like a thing. I don't want people no, to be right. like this. Mitchell's racist. The, well, no, the but Mexican like, like mythology of spirits yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I do know in like Japan and stuff, and what you see in like Hayao Miyazaki's works is that mm-hmm. ghosts can be scary and or neutral, but we'd perceive them as scary because of how they look when their behavior is indicative of something else. You know, and I just mm-hmm. feel like maybe that was lost in translation. I'm not sure if it was a translation thing. Again, just basing on like the very few behind the scenes things I yeah. watched, they are really just going for something new. Okay. They just wanted a different type of ghost than everything else we've seen before. So they're trying to like, it wasn't like zombie-esque, but they wanted it to look human, but definitely no longer human. So that's why you saw like the ribs right. and like the, the deformed breasts and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Like they they're wanted the fingers work for me really baby. well. Yeah. Like the, the, was, anytime it's in shadow, I really liked it. But then just the like the red, the smoothness, I, it was the blood or the clay or whatever that they kind of painted them f- over with that bothered, bothered me the most. The very specific look he was going for is a body that wasn't allowed to properly decompose, like a mummy. Right. Oh, that works. So yeah. that's why yeah. you'd have the smooth characteristics where it mm. started to dishevel, but it's just kind of like sucking back into itself without losing its original form. Which explains like dehydration. Why, which right. would explain why Tom Hiddleston just looks like Tom Hiddleston. Right. Yeah. That, that didn't work for me at the end, though, because Tom Hiddleston had just died, and all of a sudden he was all zombified and everything. It looked like his skin was cracked, mm-hmm. and he had the big circles under his well, eyes. Well, his death was completely different than everybody else's in the film. It, his death wasn't caused by anger or straight-up like sinister murder. His death was... A self-sacrifice, and then he was also murdered by the one who loved him the most. That's why he's white, why he's different, because he was kind of like, he's almost the same level of innocence as she is, except he's at fault at the same time. But then the mom's black. She died. They specified how color, she died. Right? The, yeah, they specified that she her skin basically turned black as she. Died oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So the, yeah. their their representation post death is very much tied to their death. Did did he actually kill anybody? No. No. Yeah, I don't think he ever killed anybody. The first time he even committed violence was against... um, The doctor, right? The doctor, and it was still an act of violence with goodness. Right. Because he did it with purpose to not kill him. So in a way, his character... Yeah, I like that a lot. His character is so beautifully like pure and flawed at the same time. It's it's one of the reasons I love this film. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually a good point. Let's start wa- talking about Tom Hiddleston. That's a good transition into it because I think he's the second best person in this movie. We'll get into the best in a moment. The um, dog. Yep, <laughs> that's it. The dog just wanted to play ball. He did with a ghost. Oh, it makes sense. This is just now dawning on I me. Mean, the ghost was the dog's owner. Ah. I don't know why that took me till right really? now. Hello. <laughs> uh, but no. So Tom Hiddleston. We have. We don't really. As like a general movie going audience, you don't really get to see him in much anything else. Like he did, um, it was a movie you recommended to me. Fuck, what was it? Um, Only Lovers Thor. Left yes, Alive. that one, yeah. So, so some people saw that one, that? but I still haven't watched it. Oh, because I haven't watched it either. Yeah, no, she recommended it to me, I just haven't seen it yet. Um, so, but there's that one, but other than that, if you don't watch Thor, I mean, that's really most people's intro to him. So it's really good seeing him in something that proves that he is so much better than just the Marvel machine, which nothing against the Marvel machine. I love the Marvel movies, but... I like seeing him like really stretch his legs and do something cool, which this clearly was. 
I like watching him dance on talk shows. That too. <laughs> yes, there's also that. I really did. I, I do love that the, the big reveal at the end, the big plot twist for me was that he really did love Edith. I thought that was so yeah. it was wonderful. Like, it was such a triumphant emotional moment when you realize that for all of his really vile faults, he really did love her in his own as much as he was capable. I thought mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were expecting jump scares and stuff, but for me that emotional payoff, that emotional plot twist that he was as good as you wanted him to be was really satisfying. It's like she is his first experience of actual love. Yes. Because the way they describe his parents, there wasn't any love there. And the love he has with his sister kind of feels like imposed upon, where his sister just keeps saying, we're in love, we're in love, we're in love. And he's like, you must be right. But this is time he's actually like, oh, this is how it's supposed to feel. I've been doing terrible things my whole life. <laughs> if you flip-flop genders, this would just be like a woman in peril and an emotion. It'd be a lifetime movie. Yeah. She's been in yeah. an abusive right. relationship yeah. his whole life. <laughs> That's what makes him such a pure character. And he's so sad. Now, when did you uh, when did you guys realize that he was actually in love with, forgetting her name now, Edith? <sighs> it was somewhat early on, actually. I know my exact yeah. really moment. Early on? You knew early on. Come on. No, it's just when... There is a point. I'm trying to remember. For me, the point is when he's when they're the drill finally starts working. It's and he's like, "Oh, I can't wait for Edith to see this." And just the right. look on Jessica Chastain's face, she's like, "What? No, we're doing this. What do you give a shit? We're gonna kill her in a day, anyways. What the fuck do you care about her?" And like that look is like perfect. Yeah, Lucille told it all. Yeah, Jessica uh, Chastain's character. Yeah, which is uh, if we have nothing else to say about Tom Hiddleston, that's who I was going to talk about. Who I think is the strongest person in this movie. Yeah, she's great. 100%. Oh yeah, uh, she. I mean, she's easily one of the best actresses working today. I, I. She's a reason for me to go see movies. She's so fucking good. And this movie, it's another one of those things where I don't know if it's. I, I don't know how the Oscars work. If you own a studio, I don't know if it's something where like you can only submit so many movies, or if you have to choose which ones you want to put your money behind to actually back. But clearly Universal and Legendary didn't really back this one because the fact that she was nominated for fuck all still kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Because she was so good in this movie. That whole movie movie played across her face like she's Mads Mikkelsen and Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) Which coming from you is quite a compliment. Yeah. I think her and Hannibal would have an amazing dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tempt me. I've never Would gotten you like into, some tea? I've never been into fan fiction before, <laughs> but you might have just sold me. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something, uh, there's a moment that Chewie mentioned when we were watching the movie earlier today. That It's like, the for me, I think it's the strongest scene in the movie, and it's easily her strongest scene. But the moment they come back from the post office after being there for the night, and just the, it's all over yep. her face. That entire scene is just like, she's just like ready to explode. And then she does for half a second, and then just watching her like, gain her composure is just such a like it's a joy to watch it's horrible and terrifying but it's awesome i love the moment when she walks into them while they're in his workshop too Mm -hmm. with the tea and just the look that pat she and tom middleston have a whole horrifying conversation while mia wasikowska pours herself some tea and it's just (laughs) like oh my goodness i just it's wonderful I love every scene with Jessica Chastain and the tea because it's always such a great like I'm killing you and she's just so happy about it every <laughs> time. Okay. Like when she gets so mad at her after the post office and she's just like, "I'll make you some tea." Yeah. <laughs> it's such yeah. a great like I'm killing you. Specifically, the sequence after she collapses and wakes up in the bed and she starts rejecting the tea, but then she starts feeding her the porridge. 
the sound design for me with the her action of doing that and grinding oh, yeah. the spoon on oh, yeah. the, the bowl so good. and then shoving it into her mouth because you get the click from her teeth each mm. time too. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And it's so <laughs> it's so violent and visceral and emotional. Like the film. You guys complain about the costume design or Jessica Chastain not getting nominated for an Oscar, sound design not getting na- nominated. It's like there's so much pain for this film because mm-hmm. so like attention to detail. They literally was invented, extreme. Yeah, they invented sounds for a drill that probably doesn't exist in real. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I mean, and it sounded real and grounded, not, not mm-hmm. like a transformer or something. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like Optimus Prime digging clay out right. of the ground. <laughs> Sam, you need this. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so do we want to talk about Mia? Is there anything she's to, good. Is there anything to say about poor Mia? She's, she's like she's really good when she uh, figures out what's going on and starts fighting back. Those are the scenes I really love. She's great. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. She's great as soon as she's no longer something that the plot is happening to. Yeah. Because that is... Uh, first two thirds of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see a glimpse of it though in the sex scene. Yeah, yeah. she's kind yeah. of the one that takes charge since at that point he's never boned anyone but his sister or done anything without his sister's approval. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. pretty. It was it's a nice subtle moment where you kind of get a preview of what's to come. And she, well, the first moment you have with her showing her strength is against um, like the Cinderella girls at the very beginning when they're going to the ball and. They call her a spinster, and she just has that wonderful quib about how uh, I don't want to die. I'm not going to die a spinster. I'm going to die a widow. Or like yeah. I want, I'd rather be Mary Shelley than Jane Austen. It's yeah. great. Just like she's immediately shows she's got bite. She's got wit, which yeah. is honestly one of the reasons that Tom Hiddleston's character falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like legitimately falls in love with her. Doesn't want to just use her for her money. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really like about her character, which is not usually done in films a lot anymore, um, it, she's got like dreams and aspirations and that sort of stuff. She wants to be a writer. And I love that that is like a through line of the films. She wants to be a writer and she wants to write a ghost story, but not a love story. Then she finds herself in a love story that happens to have ghosts. And it's just like really great framing device and it's awesome. It was. But the one thing that they do in the movie that I wish more movies would have the guts to do is that she's not very good. Right. Like they make it kind of apparent that as much as she wants to be a writer, she's okay. Yeah, she's fine. She's not gonna go like be a huge star and like that. And I kind of like that. It gets like it gives her more of like a real character. She feels more like three dimensional, like an actual tangible being, as opposed to just as I said earlier, somebody who the plot happens to. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. even rare that you get to see a woman be mediocre in a movie. Yeah. It's kind of special. <laughs> well, especially this case with all your like Katniss Everdeen's and all that sort of stuff where like, yeah. you're just so special and everyone loves you and she's just, she's good. She's not great. She's never going to be the greatest writer ever, but she can keep trying. But damn it, yeah. you want her to work for a newspaper because yeah. a lot of shitty writers work for newspapers. She'll finally have the, the good story to tell now and she'll get her big break based on this horrible thing happening to her. She can write one book. Yeah. <laughs> and, when Jessica Chastain is uh, essentially killing her at the very end, she even uses that against her, like as a little way to kill her emotionally as she's talking to her about how she's going to die while burning her pages. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have save buttons back then, so she's getting, <laughs> she's really getting rid of it. Like oh, you didn't burning back that it up right on any hard drives. It's <laughs> <laughs> all in here. It's like, it's just, you, f- yeah, there's so many like details like that that just make it so much more evil. Like if you don't think that there's horror in this film, as an artist or a writer, that's horrifying. 
It really is. Yeah, the horror, the <laughs> horror is in You're the never going to get yeah. this back. That, that is a. I've gone through that. It's it's not good. Not having somebody like torture me to death and your burn my stuff in front of me. Your sister that you were sleeping with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burn your papers. Yeah, I've gone through a very not small fun. portion of this. Not that. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, Can we talk from? about Charlie Hunnam? Because it's That's the best. What? It's the best performance of his career, which isn't saying much, but it happened, and Ouch. we should praise him for it. Really? Am I the only one that didn't enjoy? I only enjoyed Tom Hiddleston's performance in this and the dog. Oh, you didn't like Jessica Chastain? The, I was, the accents were awful and distracting uh, the entire time. He was the only one doing his natural accent, though, which may be a part of it. But I was, I didn't no, know. No, he's British in real life. Yeah, he's the only one that's actually speaking it with his natural, natural accent. accent. And but I don't know. She's talking about Tom Hiddleston. Oh, good I was actors, about Charles- and I didn't oh. enjoy any of their performances. They were awful. Awful is a strong word. Yeah, I thought Jessica Chastain was amazing in I this. I thought it was too heavy-handed. But that's what it's about. Yeah, that's, that's what a gothic romance is. Yeah. It's yeah, dramatic it's... and heavy-handed. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the, the one thing that I loved about the movie was the production design, but when I was watching it in theaters, people were laughing as things were wow. happening in the movie. She definitely, Jessica Chastain, had like several really good moments, but other than that, I felt like, she showed her hand the entire time and I get that you're supposed to see all the hints and you're supposed to see I guess the duality of her character and the madness that's barely like I guess simmering underneath she has to keep it under control the entire time but I just didn't I thought it was silly there was nothing that surprised me and I think that was that's the issue that I have in the with the movies that nothing like was like oh man I didn't see that one coming or like oh that came out of nowhere like because of the acting was so like big in in parts and like that was kind of the movie but it didn't m- make me question what was happening much more than on the surface you know what i mean like it was more okay like well what is those two relationships like there's some weird creepy thing happening somehow i mean it's, we, we all knew they were sleeping together rather early on right and sure. no sure. that really does piss me off in films i'm not really sure why this one was an exception because even though i did kind of guess the plot points i just enjoyed the ride well, I mean, I yeah, I mean, it. that brings up the larger question of this film in general. Of if you can figure out, like, so say that I know the ending of Civil War because I've read comic books, will that still make me not enjoy the film? Because I, I mean, I've never seen it done in this way. So if I'm watching Crimson Peak and I know that uh, he's probably been married before, he's probably killed a bunch of his wives, he's only in for money, and he's banging his sister, I'm still gonna, uh, does that ruin the movie for me or can I just enjoy the ride? Sometimes it does, but right. I didn't feel mm-hmm. it with this one. It's an individual thing, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably a film by film basis, but for me, like this one, like I, I could see it all coming, but I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I was like, I just want to see this world. I like the world they've built, and I like everybody in it. Um, it would be great if they could have nailed both. For me, like I talked about earlier, they did because the emotional journey, right? The twist that, that the he actually did point. love her for me was was enough. I like, I really, I go to movies. I don't really give a shit about the plot. Which sounds really weird, unless it's a really well-plotted mystery, but I'd rather see characters existing in a world in, a, in an emotionally real way. Well, and for yeah, me, I Crimson mean, the Peak emotional delivered. journey is a plot, too. Y- yeah. Yeah, but, you, but you're meaning over like the actual real-life events that are happening. Yeah. You prefer watching the characters I'd rather, grow. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather find some sort of like emotional honesty than I would like plot mach- machinations. Um, and, and for me, that Crimson actually Peak did, delivered that in absolutely space. Absolutely, it did. In several ways. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you more for this one specifically. Like, it, I, I think it probably is more on a film by film basis. But yeah, I mean, any more, I, you're kind of right on. Like, with it's 2016. Like, what film plots haven't we seen at this point? 
Yeah. Like we've seen pretty much everything. Like, and that's not to fault films in general, but we've seen it. So at this point, what are we watching it for? And it'd be like, for this one, a gothic horror film has been done time and time and time and time again, all the way back to the 30s. Mm-hmm. So why don't I watch? Why am I watching this one? It's because I like these characters. But now for somebody like Danielle, so you didn't like the performances, or so it just made you like the movie, or what was it? I, I hated the movie when I first saw it. <laughs> okay. And then I actually, a big thing for me, it sounds silly, I it's one of the points that you made at the beginning. Watching it on the big screen was absolutely awful. Everything really? was so crisp, I didn't feel like it fit with the genre. Everything was so crystal clear, and I'm like, this doesn't look period whatsoever. And I love gothic horror, gothic literature. One of my favorite books, movies, is... Um, Wuthering Heights. So I love like the tormented totally. Heathcliff character and you get a little bit of that. He's Tom Hiddleston obviously has redeeming qualities in this. <laughs> I absolutely wanted to see something like that with this film, but I liked it a lot more the second time I watched it when I rented it and chose standard definition instead of high definition on my <laughs> teeny tiny TV. I could I see loved that. It. It's yeah. like I added a little yeah. bit of grain and it seemed to fit a lot more with whatever Guillermo was trying to do. Especially the yellow digital shooting at the beginning. It's really I will get was really jarring. Yeah. Yeah, it it was odd. It was like when I saw The Hobbit and everyone was going on about high frame rate and it just took me out of the movie and it looked like a stage play and I was like, that's not what I came to see. I came to see something very cinematic. It looked like a freaking I, episode of Wishbone. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> also, if you were in a theater with people laughing, that would just set a terrible tone for yeah, a lot of it as well. I would have walked out. That would be one of the few things. That, if there's one person laughing, I'd yell I'd yell at him. If it's a whole theater laughing, he's like, well, this is the wrong crowd for me. There was one couple behind me talking the whole time, and first I told them to shut up, and they did not listen, and I heard that they were talking in Spanish, so I yelled at them to shut up in Spanish, and they left, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was so, I was like so pleased with myself. It was That's so embarrassing. <laughs> the first time I watched this film, and I did feel like Jessica Chastain's character was heavy-handed, a, just a little bit, like the way you said it, but there was a part of me that just like, well, she knows it too, <laughs> Mia. Like, she definitely is not feeling too, like, sistery with her. But she just thinks Tom Hiddleston's so hot, she's going to deal with it. Like, that's just kind of the feeling I had. It'd be like, everyone knew she was sketchy. I love uh, bitchy junior high girl passive-aggressive relationships, <laughs> too, so much. <laughs> I'm actually super interested because it, you three have seen it before. So you've seen it at least twice. And right. it seems like your opinions three times. Okay, at least twice. But it seems like your opinions between the two time, the two viewings, are very different. So, I mean, like, that in itself is kind of interesting to me. Because I'm going into this with just one viewing, mm-hmm. like... Yeah three hours ago <laughs> so uh it's it's kind of like i'm it, it's weird it's really cool to see the the difference there well for me and i this will go back to our very first argument with this i blame the marketing i blame like them setting your t- like mind fucking you into thinking this is what this movie is going to be and then getting something completely different it's well, like I, I sat down for a steak and they handed me a chicken sandwich what are the, oh. for me i just kind of ignored the trailers this is one of the things I actually actively avoided. I didn't I watch the trailer. I watched it maybe once. I just looked at the posters. And I got the fe- feeling from the posters was what the main reason I wanted to see this film. Is I got darkness with beauty, which is... And I love insects. And each one of the posters had a different <laughs> insect representing the character on top of it. Why is that funny? Because <laughs> this movie is about another thing that begins with the term insect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. 
I and love interest. To look. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then for me, just the the core like emotion I was getting from the posters really worked well when I actually saw the film. So I'm very happy that I didn't. I avoided the trailers and the advertisements because it was one of the movies that I was just whenever the I'd be watching Hulu and that would come up in the commercial things. I would just leave the room and turn it on mute. I'd be like, no, I'm not gonna fucking ruin anything stop it hulu now uh ben have you seen all the trailers and all that sort of stuff uh not real i don't have cable so and i i usually watch netflix as my main source of media so i really haven't seen a lot of trailers for anything so you went into this pretty blank as well pretty blank yeah so i'm wondering if maybe because like danielle and i saw everything and we went into it it was very it's kind of jarring to see one than the other because i'll tell you on my my first watch of it i loved it but it was still just like i loved it and i loved it but like I loved it, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. I loved it, but this could have been better. The second time, the butt was just completely gone. Except for Tom Hiddleston's butt. Which- <laughs> 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 uh, that was a good butt. <laughs> Half butt, really. I mean, he still kind of wasn't had his pants full on butt. Yeah. You gotta Not full love. Butt. You guys, how exciting is High Rise gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you gotta love it when somebody can transcend any sort of like sexual preference. It's just like. Everyone wants to yeah. bone you. I feel you. like both he and Jessica Chastain do that, which is why I was like, this is incest, but I'm not that bothered. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll watch that. Incest is wrong, but get at it, dude. You guys it's look like, great together. It's like that guy on that viral video. Just turn, just mute it and don't, don't pay attention that they're related. <laughs> if any of you guys have watched that video, look it up. <laughs> what exactly? What do we search for? Uh, incest. It'll go great. Anchor, Just look it up. News anchor won't stop talking about incest porn. Oh God! It is one of the funniest things about this. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've been talking for a little while on this. Is there anything else that people really want to bring up? Is there anything else important we need to stab at with this? Uh, I actually have. Like, did they specifically say that 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 he had never had sex with any other woman, but her? She because I didn't Jessica see that Chastain at all. says that she yeah. that she that he. Had never slept with any of the other ones. Right when they got back from the, the night on the night in the town. Oh, yeah. Right. See, yeah. I didn't get that at all. It doesn't make any sense then to me. She because... makes a point of checking with Edith too when they're like hanging out, looking at the. Dirty oh books. yeah. Right. Yeah. I like, know. You guys I... didn't do this, right? Yeah. I... <laughs> now that you have, he was well, very we respectable did. on the yeah. train. Of her mourning period. And the other one of his other wives was uh, paralyzed, so he could have just said that they just can't have sex. The other ones, I don't know. That's ableist, it, Chewy. But what yeah, was but back for? then, definitely, they would say something like that. Why was uh, Jessica Chastain ke- uh, keeping hair then? What was that for? Like, well, That's a serial killer. But it was all women's hair. Yeah. I mean, like, it was all the other wives that right. she's killed. These yeah, are all the he's making she's making dolls of it or whatever. Yeah, it's mostly she's a okay, psychopath. I, it's it's well, trophies. Right, it's, it's these are the women who tried to bang my brother instead yeah. of me, and then I. Well, killed the first one was the mother's hair because yeah. there I was four for, locks of hair. The one with first one was white, and then the other ones for the other uh, three wives. I for okay. for sure thought they were summoning demons, with all that shit. They were gonna like they had you know get her to sign the paper, do some ritual, cut off some hair, oh. burn it in a fire. The thing rises from. I mean, the if you watch Law and Order, you know that and... murderers, serial killers, always keep a trinket and her. Uh, or so a Guillermo del Toro, yeah. a Guillermo del Toro created clay demon though would be so cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, if he could use Clayface in a Batman movie. Ooh, <laughs> uh, there are a couple things that I want to talk about, or mostly I think just like one or two things that are like the little. Kind kind of problems with the movie were a movie that's like determined to be so flawless Chewie pointed out one thing today that's just like so horrible (laughs) it's just like if you notice it 
destroys a very emotional scene <laughs> in the movie. It really does. Because uh, um, near the end when all the stabbing starts happening and Hiddleston stabs uh, Chris. And, and so then Chris is laying on the ground and they're beautifully flay- framed in the doorway with the snow coming in and the white background. Charlie, by the way. What? Charlie, not Chris. Charlie, sorry. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe his name was Chris. In the movie. That's we, what I, I'm we like, wait, how is she? Oh, no, it's Dr. Allen. Okay, no, so it's Charlie. <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Uh, and he's laying there and he's just kind of twitching because, you know, he's in pain. Right. But part of the snow blanket was stuck on his arm. <laughs> so you just see, like, this red snow blanket tossing on his arm oh, a little no. bit. I'm like, ha, 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 you can't get rid of that. And the problem is, like, I had never noticed this. Yeah. And now watching it, like, it's that ruined. it really ruins a very emotional part of, like, get the snow blanket off of me. <laughs> it's like, really, the stabbings in general really took me out of the film. I'm like, you can't get stabbed there and keep going. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was that was the other thing. I mean, you, you can't, can't keep running with a broken foot either. Stabbing no. is the easiest thing to survive because it's you have to be so precise when you're stabbing someone to actually kill them. Totally well, plausible. Yeah, no, I was fine. It was more so the fact that, that he was stabbed in the armpit. Like that, it's that's a problem. That was the stabbing that bothered me because when you're stabbed and the knife or whatever you're impaled by stays in there, you're not supposed to pull it out, right? Because that's what starts the blood flow. Right. And he's well, that's a doctor. True. He shouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> he's well, they a hadn't bad learned that. Yeah. So maybe he's the guy who learned that. <laughs> he's like he's the reason that this happens because yeah. after also, he pulled it out, he's, he's like, hey really, guys, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> really <laughs> emotional and even no matter what, all logic and reason, when you're in an excruciating emotional moment yeah. with pain and love and violence, you're not really thinking clearly. You're just like, get out! I did I did love every time they mentioned he was the doctor, I went back to 30 Rock, because he's just an eye doctor. Kinda he like is doc- just an eye doctor. Kind of like Dr. Spichemin is only a dentist. <laughs> I was like, he's only an eye doctor! <laughs> he's definitely a very self-inflated eye doctor. I'm his physician! You're his eye doctor. Get out of here! It's like... <laughs> obstetrician uh, but as to something you said a long long time ago in this episode i do agree i think this is the best job he's done in anything yeah i thought he did a really good job but i like charlie hunt and i i and i just thought i like it, him but that doesn't mean he's good at things <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's that's done why so well for himself he's like sweet. He we really no need to give him a movie where he can actually use his english accent which is d- doubly annoying when he's in a movie that ends up in England and he still has to pretend to be an American. Yeah, he has to be the American. Guillermo del Toro just loves messing with people's accents because I loved that the Australians were Americans. Some of the, like, in um, Pacific Rim. Mm. He just, oh, right. like, no one was playing their right nationality except Idris Elba because, damn it, that's how you cancel the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, is there anything else anybody wants to get in here, stab at it, have at it? Ooh, good one. The whole movie was Edith's book, right? Yeah, because that's what yeah, I got. Because it's in credits, so it said Crimson Peak right. by Edith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Maybe that's why uh, it wasn't 100% good. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a very good writer. Well, she's not the best writer. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Plot holes aside. Oh, and my God. And then he stabbed her, and then she stabbed him back, <laughs> and then they... Had a conversation. And there was a <laughs> snow blanket. <laughs> the the one thing I know that there are supposed to be hints for the plot line, but each time one of these side characters would be like, Oh, you've been married forever, or oh, Mrs. Yeah. Whatever, we've met you before, and I'm like, do none of these people remember faces? No. No. <laughs> or dogs. Like or... with the old man, you can oh, maybe be well, like, Oh, he's crazy. But like the post office dudes. 
They don't remember what his previous wives well, look like. How come she, she didn't fa- open the letter either? Like she got this letter and then hang hung on to it for right. like six I can't hours. Get, yeah, until I can't get she a text message out looking at it within like ten <laughs> seconds. And yeah. She had like two days. Yeah. <laughs> a letter from Italy. <laughs> Maybe it was like a Mr. and Mrs. Thing. What could it mean? Right? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're gonna move into the end of this thing, which is gonna start with quotes. I'll go first because okay. I don't have a real quote because I don't remember the line and I can't find it online because uh, it's so weird. But I, to me, the best twist in the film came in the moment where she walks in on um, Tom Hiddleston and the uh, hand job. Chastain, yep, giving him a hand job. And uh, good old hand job. She, she calls him out. She's too. like, "I knew you weren't brother and sister." And she's like, "Twists on you. We actually are." <laughs> <laughs> I really wish that was the actual line. Twist on you. We uh, would totally ruin the scene. That'd be awesome. I was trying to figure out the whole time, like what their lie was. Like, okay, they're actually married. Okay, wait, wait, no, their relationship. They're not brother and sister. They're lying and banging. Okay, they're they're brother and sister and banging. Yeah, it's really it's just kind of. That's really just going for it. Yeah. It's like, well, do they want to be... Yeah, fuck it. Just go for it. It'll be a better movie. Yeah. And it was. One, of, right. my, one of my favorite moments of a, like double meanings in the movie, because, you know, a meaning behind a meaning, which was a lot of this film, actually, yep. uh, was when, again, after Jessica Chastain has finished feeding her the porridge that has been poisoned, and she just kind of leans into her in a slightly menacing way that's supposed to be comforting... She's not uh, comforting. No, she's not comforting. She just looks at her and goes, very soon, you will be out of this bed. Oh, yeah. And I I'm like, oh, she doesn't mean it in the way that you're going to get better. Nope. She means it in the way that she's going to fucking kill you. I, another moment I wish they'd just throw in the extra line. Like, it's like, you'll be out of this bed soon. And then as she's like watching the hallway, because you'll be dead. <laughs> this movie would make an excellent comedy. We're good riff tracks movie. Yeah. In like 10 years. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, mine is um, for me. It's that moment where if if you've been if you're kind of like me and I was kind of on the fence, I didn't know which side Tom Hiddleston was actually on. I knew that he probably loved her, but didn't know if he was gonna end up going like, well, but it's my sister, so I'm gonna end up with my sister. And it was that moment where she's like, no, you need to get your fucking hands dirty, and you're gonna go kill that guy. And he walked up to him with a knife, and he's like, look, if I don't, I don't remember the exact yeah. quote, I don't have it in front of my face, but it's. It was, uh, if I don't do it, she will. Yeah, if I don't yeah. do it, she you're will. You're a doctor. You're, show yeah. me. You're a doctor. Show me where. I fucking loved that. Because it's such a great moment of, wow, he just he's going to kill him. And he's just asking, like, what's the quickest way to kill him? And then the turn, the next scene, is like, no, show me where to show that, like, you're dead. And like, oh, yeah. this is, that's fucking cool. I like that. Uh, okay. This is, it's, a, it's kind of a lame one because it was part of this big thing. So this is just kind of the end of it. But it was uh, Lucille, the, the sister husband fuck buddy thing uh (laughs) and it was it was a monstrous love and it makes monsters of us all like it was part of a neat little monologue there and it kind of was like how what she was right i mean like she was so enveloped and so wrapped up with with uh thomas that it she was a monster i mean like it was and she gave birth to a monstrous thing uh which was brought up in the movie as well so it was kind of like a good I don't know. It's a good line stuck yeah. with me. Yeah. I okay. just want to bring up a really fast thing after that. Uh, when you with you talking about how she's a monster and how she had a child, it kind of just, like bled into her like character's mental state of how she was obsessive about keeping things. Mm-hmm. She wanted mm-hmm. to keep the child even though she knew it was going to die. She wanted to stay in the house even though she hated it, and she wanted to keep her brother for herself. Mm-hmm. And she was so like 
She was a definition of clingy. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like a people hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I like the butterflies. And I liked when they're walking in, like, they're still stateside. And they see all the dead butterflies. And mm-hmm. Edith's like, oh, I'm so sad. And Lucille goes, no, it's not sad, Edith. It's nature. It's a world of everything dying and eating each other right between our feet. And she just says it so, like, almost like a storybook voice. Like, yeah. oh, no, sweet child. Nature's killing us all. <laughs> all those lines are really good. Again, that, hinting to her about to die. <laughs> that CGI shot, though, with the ants eating the butterfly, as soon as it bites the eye, I'm just like, ah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's like, oh, I can't handle that. Just Because then I just immediately imagine ants eating my eyes in my sleep. And I don't know why that's where my head goes, but I can't get it out of my head. Don't worry, honey, they're not going to do that. <laughs> that's horrible. I know. <laughs> why did you just tell the audience? Yeah. Don't worry, Sweet I'm not going to worry everybody. about that. <laughs> Uh, so mine's one that Chewie mentioned earlier with uh, super judgmental, uh, gossipy ladies when they're still stateside. And they compare her to Jane Austen, saying that she's going to die a spinster. And she says, oh, I'd rather be Mary Shelley who dies a widow. And the first time around seeing that movie, I was like, oh, huh, good on you. But then the second time around, I was like, aha, because she does. She definitely does. <laughs> That's right. She is now a widow. Uh, all right. So quotes, not quotes, but Review right. system. There it is. Review system is going to be something that was uh, already kind of mentioned today before we start recording. So it means nothing to our audience, but we're doing movies with colors in the title. Uh, I'm going with Blue Velvet. Oh, good one. Uh, Blue Velvet was a movie that it was always kind of told to me. It's uh, David Lynch's movie that is going to be like it was super creepy and it's super fucked up and it's super horrible and like all these terrible things are going to happen. In it. And I had I got this thing in my mind of what it was going to be. And when I finally saw it, I'm like, while it definitely is those things, it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. Like, not even remotely. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like it was just, it made me just feel sick to my core, but not in the same way. So much like Crimson Peak, I had my in my head what this movie was going to be. It was going to be fucked up and awesome and all these sort of things. And then it just wasn't that. It was still fucked up and awesome, but it was not the same movie that I had originally thought it was going to be. Not bad. That's fine. I'll go with uh, Red Dragon. Uh, it's color red, and um, of everybody involved, it's not my favorite body of their work, but it <laughs> ended up pretty good in the end. I'll pick Black Swan. Uh, uh, two, yeah, two females going head to head with the whole, you don't know what's real, what's not, and you do actually get some surprises. Oh, uh, for a second there, when you were saying, when you said Black Swan, I thought you said Black Dahlia at first, and I'm like, oh, God, what an awful decision. <laughs> oh, wow. I wondered why you reacted yeah. that way. I thought <laughs> it was a good like, one. And then I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's a completely different good yeah. movie. <laughs> I'm still just thinking, like, man, that doesn't sound like Black yeah. Dahlia at all. Yeah. Oh, that's because it's Black not. Black Swan. <laughs> I was going to go with, uh, or I am going to go with, uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. <laughs> Because it involves a relationship that starts out super intensely and you think is going to turn out well, like they're perfect for each other, but then it turns into this really like self-destructive like feeling where one's not getting what they need out of it and the other one just wants to desperately hold on no matter what and she just feels like she can't live without the other person, but she has to let go. Ooh, here, I've got one. Blue Ruin, because someone told me it was a horror film, but really it's a revenge story. And this was not a horror film, but a love story. And also Blue Ruin had like a weird sense of passion and auteurism, but maybe shouldn't have been shot digitally. (laughs) Yep. Still haven't seen Blue Ruin. I've been told it's Oh, it's so good. That's what I've heard. (laughs) I want to throw in mine really fast. 
where the red fern grows because love kills. <laughs> oh, and dogs die. Because they love the other one too much. I can't deal, I can't deal with that. <laughs> Last but I, not least. I have no idea. I, I'm, so, I'm so thrown off by this. How about white men yes. can't jump? <laughs> I don't think that one works. You could totally make that one work. I don't know if I can make that one work. All right, I'm going to take a stab at this one here. Uh, let's go with, we'll try A Clockwork Orange. And okay. It, both, because, both movies kind of make something that could be beautiful not, and they do it in a very, very radical and twisted kind of way. And it kind of is like the same type of feeling that both of these movies, I feel like, are kind of trying to evoke. Uh, all right, so that's everybody, right? We, we did it. Yeah. We, we, we did it without John. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the worst way to find out that you're fired. <laughs> oh! Oh! Uh, no. So I'll bring the episode to the close. Uh, next week, uh, we have our Batman 1989 versus Superman of 1978. Looking forward to that. Yes, uh, we and- do. And we have a very special guest coming on that one, which I will reveal later. Uh, and then the week after that, we're taking off because we're going to WonderCon. Because we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I might actually do something for WonderCon. I haven't decided if I will or not yet, but you'll find out if I do. And if I don't, nothing will happen. <laughs> you will also so, find Passion out. Passion yeah. of the Christ because it's Easter weekend. No. <laughs> never, no. never, ever again. <laughs> uh, okay. So thanks to Ben, ben for coming on. <laughs> Oh, Samantha Garrison. There you go. Danielle Dutton. There it is. This will be fun to cut together later. And then Jerry and Ryan. Hey, Hey, Darso. Bye. 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 <laughs>